recording a tad bit early tonight. We are. We are. Am I throwing you off your rhythm? Your circadian <laughs> rhythm? Yeah, honestly, I'm going to have to probably pull an all-nighter to get back in line. Yeah. My circadian yeah. rhythm, yeah. It I'll, happens. I'll have to uh, <laughs> come out of the ground in 13 years like a cicada. Is that what it is? Circadian rhythm? <laughs> I think so. Cicadas, they have like a crazy... Yeah, I don't think that's where it... Is that where it comes from? I thought it was circadian, not circadian. Listen here, Zach. We gotta this look might this surprise you, but I'm not an English guy. <laughs> I think it's the same thing, though. A term derived from... Oh, Jesus. Oh, it does have an R. I don't think yeah. circa, circada does. Derived from the Latin phrase circa diem, meaning about a day. So it's a, the 24-hour cycle. <laughs> yeah, so you're wrong. You're wrong, but that's okay. Well, this is, that's what this—that's what this show is about—is learning. It's about me being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what? Why? Why are you having me on so early, Zach? What's going on in your life that's so important? Uh, tonight, I'm going to a movie by myself. Ooh, <laughs> oh. it's the the final showing of how to blow up a pipeline tonight uh, at my local. Art house theater. Nice. Very. Had to get a last minute ticket. That's very cool. Um, that's you're saying. I think based off a book, right? Yeah, based off a book, and I, I think we've talked about it on the show before about um, environmental activism, um, militant environmental activism, <laughs> as you can probably surmise from the title. But uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, bring my notepad, learn how to blow up a pipeline. Is that I guess. going to become an eco terrorist after yes. tonight? That's a. This is a joking. Also, by the way, these are these are jokes. <laughs> Just in case the what would it be ATF, FBI, CIA come after you. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, oh, I did watch a documentary a couple weeks ago about the ELF. Have you heard of the ELF? ELF? I don't think so. Earth Liberation Front? No, yeah, I don't know that one. They um, they set a bunch of, or not a bunch, I don't know how many exactly, but they set some buildings on fire, and like the logging industry and, and some other businesses, I think. Um, they're in the Pacific Northwest. I think it was back in the 90s they did this or early 2000s. But that was a good documentary. I would recommend that one. It's called If a Tree Falls, I think. Okay. Let me. Yeah, If a Tree Falls. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But it's kind of like about how uh, the government labeled them terrorists, even though they were very careful to not harm any people and only property. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a line you don't want to cross if you start har- harming people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, you're like, really going to get labeled wrong. Yeah, it's more about how the government weaponizes the term terrorist kind of to to, to maintain order and you know, for sure, keep their established industries keeping them going oh well i I feel like i'm rambling now Oh no it's all good i was just gonna (laughs) 
jump in on you with a welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Tonight we're going to be talking about eco-terrorism and... (laughs) No, we'll save that. We'll (laughs) save that one. That probably deserves a standalone series. It does, definitely. No, but we're coming back tonight with a couple really interesting articles for you to enjoy listening to probably not enjoy but uh to keep yourselves educated as always keep it current yep um but with that i'm just gonna pass it over to zach he's gonna be talking us about some ocean warming yeah thank you nick so i don't know if you've heard this before or seen this in the news anywhere but um people are saying that the earth is warming have you heard that uh this might surprise you, Zach. I did hear this. <laughs> yeah, and some people are even going as far as to say that the climate is changing. Whoa. Okay, that yes. is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think an overlooked part of that might be uh, the ocean is also warming, uh, which is, you know, part of the Earth. Some people might not think of it so much as part of the Earth, though. But, yeah, the ocean is warming, and there was a research paper published on April 17th in the journal Earth System Science Data. Uh, And that data that was published basically showed that the ocean is warming much more rapidly than scientists previously thought, uh, which is, of course, problematic. Uh, Ocean warming leads to glacial melting, which uh, disrupts ocean currents and uh, food systems. The... um, the light, you know, aquatic life, marine life, it obviously affects them. Uh, it intensifies hurricanes and tropical storms, ocean acidification, rising sea levels, stratification, which stratification is um, based on salinity and, and temperature. The uh, different depths of the ocean kind of lose oxygen. So then, you know, fish, marine life can't live in those uh, depths. So you're telling me if we start fucking up one of the biggest parts of the earth, it really starts ruining a lot of things. <laughs> I would have it never really guessed. Does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything is so interconnected, right? So when freshwater melts into glaciers, it affects, or when glaciers melt into freshwater, then that goes into the ocean. That really affects the, uh, salinity and 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 um the ph you know acidification we talked about uh but yeah this is kind of uh breaking news in a way that well it's not breaking the the concept is not breaking news <laughs> but the um i guess the discovered pace that this is happening is breaking news and scientists in this article which is from common dreams i believe let me pull this up Yep, common dreams. Common dreams, yeah. The scientists quoted in this article can't say with r- real certainty if this is this rapid change is caused by uh, climate change or if it's just natural variability or a little bit of both. They're saying this most recent warming uh, could have been from a rapid drop in shipping related pollution. So, you know, big giant shipping barges crossing the ocean when they burn diesel or whatever fuel they use they they send out chemicals like sulfur dioxide into the air sulfur dioxide uh, is toxic to humans uh, but it also is an aerosol that deflects heat 
back out into the atmosphere away from the surface of the planet. Uh, And in 2020, there were regulations to reduce aerosol particles. So, you know, reducing those just allows the surface to absorb more heat. And then in turn, you know, obviously the ocean, 70% of the planet is covered by ocean. That's going to absorb a lot of heat, which is pretty interesting because have you, you know about geoengineering, right? Or, or yep. climate engineering, whatever they want to call it, environmental engineering. Cloud um, seeding and all of that. Yeah. So one of the proposed solutions to uh, warming of the planet is to purposely put these aerosols into the atmosphere, such as sulfur dioxide. Yep. Um, and like I said, it's toxic to humans. That's why it's trying to be regulated out of shipping transportation. So, I mean, like, and, and, and just the fact that the regulation to protect human health is then in turn causing this greater heat absorption in the ocean uh, that's pretty crazy to think about, right? So, you know, I'm I'm pretty much uh, pretty steadfast against things like geoengineering in that way because of reasons like this, where you put you can put it in the air, but as soon as you know uh, you want to take it out or, or let it dissipate in the atmosphere or whatever it is, the heating intensity is going to get that much more severe, uh, and obviously, you know. It's toxic to humans. You don't really want to put that in the atmosphere anyways, but that's all going to, you know, I assume, you know, drop down into the atmosphere once it kind of reaches its lifespan. Right. And I feel like this is just uh, the thing with the, I guess, bioengineering of the weather is that is just really setting us up for something much bigger and much worse to come down the pipelines that we can't control and we can't stop. That is the thing is all we're doing is delaying what is going to happen. Um, be that, you know, for example, we're getting like hailstorms, snowstorms. They're pretty severe right now, but like, let's pretend we can have the ability to delay that snowstorm. So that way under the guise of protecting human health, that snowstorm is still going to happen one day, no matter how much we delay it, it still is going to happen. It's just going to become worse. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just uh, it's a interesting dynamic with what's happening. I feel like I say that about everything we talk about. <laughs> that it's an interesting dynamic, but but it really is this this reduction in pollution is then generating warming effects, which is a, a little counterintuitive. I would it say, is. yeah. But um, but it's also kind of when you really think about what the pollution is and and the the properties it it exhibits when it's in the atmosphere it makes sense so the only real solution is to the only real like holistic solution is to reduce burning fossil fuels essentially <laughs> welcome to halftime halftime <laughs> welcome to the halftime show. show zach will be singing beyonce no <laughs> no no solange <laughs> i'll be uh singing some prince Okay, good choice. Good choice. Um, uh, what are we doing for halftime? I uh, guess what I'm drinking here. Oh, H2O? Partially. Partially. Is it another water and vodka? No, it's water and tequila this time. Whoa. It's good. I, uh, I mean, it's very little tequila. Um, but it's it's like, it tastes like, kind of tastes like seltzer water. 
I Ooh. guess. There's no seltzer water in it, but I'm enjoying it. All I have today is a classic water. No, tap. no tequila. Tap. Tap. tap not filtered. PG. Filtered. Filtered tap filtered water. Tap. Yep. Okay. Yep. You never know what you're getting in between mm-hmm. your place and the water treatment facility. Uh, but no, I had a very delicious double IPA last night from Cape Cod Beer. It's called the Big Damn. Dippa. Yep. Big Dipper. Yep. Is that a that's the Massachusetts thing, right? Is that how Bostonians say it? Apparently, yeah. It's the <laughs> it's the accent out here. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear you <laughs> developing that. You know me, big East Coast guy. Yeah, big uh, big Sox fan. No, Patriots fan. Uh, no Bruins. No, hate them all. <laughs> hate them all. <laughs> the Bruins look good though in the playoffs right now. They just lost last night, but that's all right. Celtics. Celtics, Celtics also. Celtics look good. Yep. Okay. What do you say? What do you say? Hit us with with some of the hardest shit you have. <laughs> well, Zach, I don't know if you remember what we talked about, how we went through BP's net zero ambitions. I do, do you remember, remember that. And then how we also... I think it was maybe a week or two later found out that they had already rolled back a lot of those commitments. Remember that as well? Yes, I remember that as well. Yeah. Well, BP had to answer for this. They had their annual general meeting uh, for their shareholders, which was, of course, attended by not only shareholders, but also climate protesters uh, who obviously are upset with BP making these promises and then instantly rolling them back from the very first 10 minutes of the BP chair held Lund speaking in his opening remarks, four demonstrators were forcibly removed. Uh, This was all organized by a campaign by the group of fossil free London instantly getting these protests on what we had talked about uh, the rolling back. What they had rolled back was a, Originally, it said that they were going to reduce their production of oil and gas by 40%. Now they have reset the target to 25% by 2030, uh, even though they're reporting their highest profits in the 114-year history of the company, uh, which is due in part to the soaring oil and gas prices that are linked to the Ukraine war. Pretty understandably why these uh, <laughs> this uh, group is going after BP. Uh, they're making yeah. Other than the fact that you know, it's, <laughs> it's like they're probably the most notorious oil company in the world. Right? Yeah. 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 So many reasons they're you know making record breaking billions of dollars. Uh, yeah. Well. Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear your voice crack? <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> but yeah, so there was a lot of protesters that ended up. Uh, Attending this meeting uh, said up to 25 protesters attempted to enter the meeting, which was technically only up open to the BP investors after buying shares. Yep. Is there a threshold that they have to own like a thousand shares or something? It doesn't mention that in this article, but I wouldn't be surprised. Otherwise, I mean, it wouldn't. I think they would just buy a share and then go to the meeting and sell it instantly or, you know. Right. Um, yeah. 
but one of these protesters, I guess he's he's not associated with that group of protesters, but uh, it was one of the people that was there to talk to BP and challenge what they're doing, uh, especially with, you know, these continuous profits and people are, you know, clearly getting sick and having a lot of issues is a father of a father of Ali Hussein Jalud, who uh, died. His son died of cancer. So that's the son's name. The father's name is uh, Hussein Jalud. So his son died just this uh, 21st of April due to leukemia, which has been linked to the high levels of cancer causing pollutants in the BP oil field that are near his house in Iraq. This has been found, a doctor likely, or said that this was likely caused by the gas flaring that is uh, occurring in the BP oil fields in Iraq. This is happening in Ramallah, uh, which they have Iraqi laws that state the flaring should take place at least 10,000 kilometers, 10 kilometers, excuse me, from people's homes, uh, which in this case, the flaring is taking place 2,000 meters from where he lived. So it's... Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's like right next door. Honestly, though, yeah. 2,000 meters is not that far. It's pretty sad to... like. So the son had originally was going to attend this meeting to plead his case yeah. and show like uh, how terrible the situation is. Uh, of course, BP said their, uh, you know, their condolences and that they're going to do their best to reduce this flaring. But what I thought was interesting about this is, you remember, Zach, we were just talking about uh, the the release of methane and how these companies want to capture this natural gas because it's just another product to them. Well, if it's just another product, then what is happening in Iraq? Why are they just burning it? I think it's truthfully because they can probably get away with it. Uh, thing like this was happening in the U.S., I think a lot of more people, unfortunately, would care. If it's happening in Iraq, I don't think they get as many eyes, and it sucks that not as many people care, and people like uh, Ali have to die because of it. Just yeah. sickening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it also goes to show, like, these fossil fuel operations, yeah, they're they're leading to you know enormous carbon emissions and and climate change and all that but they're also directing people's health or affecting people's health directly and in this case you know giving people cancer and killing them kids young, young healthy who should be healthy kids yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's and it says that uh, ali had suffered from leukemia since he was 15 so again yeah it's, these are kids that are you know they're just trying to <laughs> Uh, for example, he this kid loved nature. He wanted to just, you know, be out in the world. And unfortunately, right outside his door that his father had mentioned, they could see the gas flaring occurring and nearly 24 hours a day and smell the chemicals from it. So Jeez. it's just extremely sad what uh, companies like BP will do just to make their profits. But in this BBC article I was reading, it was pretty interesting. They had some an official leak document that was leaked uh, to the BBC investigation on BP in this area. Uh, found so this is a BP document. Found that 
there was a 20% increase in cancer in this region over the past five years as gas flaring has increased. So they know that this is happening in this region. However, they're, they're still gas flaring. They're still too close to housing, uh, according to the Iraqi laws, and just giving people cancer. Uh, the father has also mentioned how cancer in this region is just like getting the flu. Uh, everyone gets cancer. It's just another, you know, you could probably knock on half the doors and they all have cancer. Wow. Yeah, that is shocking. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, it's not, you know, surprising that it has this effect on people, mm-hmm. but it's always shocking to hear when like a community, like <clears throat> an entire community is kind of suffering the same effects of this heavy industry. And, you know, especially a country like Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, you can just add this to the long list of tragedies and just absolute decimation by Western governments and industries. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's kind of uh, for climate uh, being taken advantage of, um, you know, environmental justice and all that this seems pretty much right on par with where they like to do these things it's poor communities that can't actually defend themselves right and they probably don't have any legal standing in in you know u.s or right uk uh courts yeah yeah it's definitely definitely a tragedy and uh you know you just you wish that these companies would hold up to their end of the deal, uh, which is what I believe the other protesters that we talked about earlier were hoping for. Well, they haven't really like they haven't like they haven't really made a deal like they just have been allowed to do this. You know what I mean? Right. So the, the only thing that's really happening is these communities are actually starting to put some pressure back on them and really expose them for these things. But, but they, yeah, I mean, companies like BP have been able to operate under these uh, conditions for a long, long time. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the whole thing. We, <laughs> I feel like we far too often hope and pray that the companies do the right thing, which time and time again, they show us that that is not what their intentions are to do. Their intentions are to make money at whatever cost possible. Be that human life, be that the environment, be it whatever what stands in their way to make money. But the, the last thing I was just going to touch on in this article is that uh, at the end of these meetings, they do a vote on if the chair, Helge Lund, should be reelected. And they actually did reelect him, but it was a higher percentage of no votes than typical. So 10% of shareholders voted against his reelection last year, only 3% voted against him. So I do think that the shareholders are actually seeing some of this, uh, and hopefully make trying to make things right with their money. I just thought that was pretty interesting to see that there is a pretty noticeable difference. Unfortunately, not enough to actually get someone new in there. I don't know if anyone new would be better though. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't even, I'm not even sure like it would mean anything if I guess like it depends on what type of shareholders are voting. Right. But these companies aren't really run like democracies. So you can True. put in a vote of no confidence 
I'm not sure, you know, the board would still replace him. Right. Or they just shuffle him somewhere else and take care of him some other way, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, the, his successor, I would not really expect to make any big <laughs> changes, you know? Right. Especially in uh, in the arena of environmental justice. Yeah. I mean, it's just like anything. Anyone that works for oil, gas, any of these companies we talk about, at the end of the day, even if they are a biologist, a uh, environmentalist, they are getting paid by BP to give their opinion more than likely to say, oh, no, those uh, birds over there, they're not affected by our operations. Uh, they're doing great, but then, you know, they're thousands of miles away where it's actually not the operation. It's just the same like piece of property or something. Right. But yeah, it's, it's just a pretty grim story. Um, but I did just want to highlight this cause we've been kind of following the story of BP. Yeah. Thank you. I did see, and this is again, me seeing a headline, not reading the article, <laughs> but, um, what we talked about earlier this week with the Saudi company in Arizona. Oh, yes. I saw something about, did you see the article of them getting their permits revoked? No, really? Whoa, breaking yeah. news, breaking news. Sound the Let's alarm. See. The state of Arizona has rescinded drilling permits for two water wells for a Saudi Arabia-owned alfalfa farm in the western portion of the state after authorities said they discovered inconsistencies in the company's well applications. Ooh. Ooh. I feel like, I don't know, that's good, but it kind of makes me worried that it's like the, like they're just going to be like, oh, like they maybe just filled something out wrong and they can just reapply and get their permits back. Yeah, it's possible. I'm wondering if like that's for new wells though and not what they have existing, if they have different wells that are already there. Yeah, that could be. Like if these were ongoing applications. Yeah. Yeah, it says they've already pretty much run neighboring wells dry, like you said in the last (laughs) episode. Yeah, that's... Yeah, just an update on that though. They are revoking these uh, permit applications. Oh, it looks like that elected attorney general that had ran on that promise went chris mays yep looks like she her. yep actually uh was kind of holding up to her promises so that's good to good to hear from a politician <laughs> yeah well thank you for that zach though that's i'm really glad you brought that up always good to follow the story and not just <laughs> right yeah. report on it once. At what it is yeah so well thank you nick for bringing this article on the BP protests, shareholder meeting protests, and the things they're doing in Iraq, which, of course, um, terrible, terrible things. Our uh, our socials, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they're linked in the show notes. Anything else, Nick? Just going to say thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, look forward to hopefully some articles coming in from our loyal listeners that you'd like us to cover. Maybe something we didn't get on our radar. We're also hoping to do some guests in the future. If there's anyone you'd like us to get on here, you know, pick their brain, maybe get a conversation going. Send those our way as well. Yeah, just thank you all for listening as always. Talk to you next time.